Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thank you for listening. My guest today is Jeanette Seha. Before we get to Jeanette, let's talk about the website, huh? That's TravelTalesPodcast.com. Go there, check out photos of all our guests, stories that I've written, maybe some of the guests have written, and uh, see links to all their social media. And you can see links to all our social media, and that is, of course, Twitter, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter, Instagram, we're Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. You can link to our Facebook page, give us a like there. And you can go to Stitcher Radio or iTunes. And if you're on iTunes, I would appreciate if you give us a nice rating because that helps people find the show and it boosts our presence there. So that's a cool thing to do. Also, if you want to write me, you can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. And since we were talking about social media, Jeanette Seha is someone that I have met through social media, since we have so many friends in common in the travel industry. Like me, she lives in L.A., and she is a travel writer slash uh, blogger slash uh, starting her own website and uh, reporter, host, all that kind of stuff. So we are in the same line of work like a few other people that have done the show as well. We share that one specific trait in common, and that's we love to travel, and we want to make uh, our living doing it. Jeanette certainly falls into that category. So after you enjoy Jeanette's story, you can go to the website, see her links, and you can follow her after you follow us, of course, Travel Tales Podcast, and then you will be a part of the Travel Tales Podcast family. All right, please enjoy my conversation with the lovely and charming Jeanette Seha. Where'd you grow up? In the OC. Oh, the OC, <laughs> behind the orange curtain. Yeah. All right, which, which town? Uh, well, I was born in the city orange. Okay. St. Joseph's Hospital, room 201. Just kidding. An actual native. <laughs> An actual California native. Actual California native, yeah. Like many generations? Yeah, um, actually first generation. My parents came from Mexico when okay. they were in their 20s. They just got married. Oh. So, yeah. Nice. I'm going to butcher. Siha? Seha? Seha. Seha. I knew I was going to gringo it up. I knew I was going to gringo it up. I did it. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's always butchered. I know. You must have heard everything growing up. Yes. And the funny thing is my my last name in Spanish actually means eyebrow. (laughs) So when people started taking Spanish classes, like my friends in middle school or high school, they always like, ah, you're Uh, today. So yeah. Yes, eyebrow. I know. I've heard it. They'd say, say ha, 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 ha. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, still, it's, I mean, it's nice. I mean, it's say, say ha. Yeah. I thought it was say ha, and then for some reason I changed it at the last minute. <laughs> Always but follow my horrible your broken gut. Spanish. Always I know. follow your, your intuition. I know. So you uh, tell people what you do and your, um, where people, have, what may have, they've seen you in. 
Okay, well, I am an awesome person. Right. You might have seen her being awesome on the street somewhere. Um, Well, my background is in journalism, broadcast Mm -hmm. journalism. I, at 12 years old, my mom took us to a trip to Europe, and I didn't want to go at first. She was like, pack your bags, you're going to Europe. And I was like, no, I want to stay here and play with my friends and stay in America. Well, how long was this trip? Like two weeks? Yeah, 17 days. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> That's like everything. That's like a, a year to a kid. Yeah. And I was like, no, I want to stay here with my friends. And she was like, I'm not asking you. I'm telling mm. you. We're going. It's a good mom. It's a great mom. So long story short, we ended up going um, when I was 12. We hit up London, Paris, Rome, Switzerland, Germany for 17 days. It was a bus tour once we got to oh, Paris. Oh, really? Yeah. Just you and your mom? Or you Me, have my mom, and... my sister, my brother, oh, wow. my niece, and my grandma. <laughs> it was like God the bless Mexican... your mom. God bless your mom. God bless you, mom. It was like wow. the Mexican Brady Bunch, you know? What? Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh, and my brother, he went too. Okay, so what year was this? Like, is, oh my like gosh, somewhere this was, in the two thousand, early two thousand. Yeah, this was when I was twelve, so eighteen years ago. Wow. So like a like a long time ago. <laughs> so it was on that trip when we got to London first that I didn't know how big this world was, and I got a journal and I got my disposable camera and I started taking pictures and writing everything down. And I didn't know at the time, but that's when I realized that I wanted to be a travel journalist. I didn't know what I was doing. I was just like, oh my gosh, I have to document <laughs> all of this and tell the whole world. <laughs> Do you think? Uh... I mean, did your mom suspect that about you, or did she? She seemed to know that you would react that way. That's probably why she dragged you out, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My mom's a very fun, adventurous, outgoing person, and she laughs more than me, if you can imagine. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. I actually thought I wanted to be a news anchor before that, so I'd get the newspaper at at home and I would just read it out loud to anyone or anything <laughs> that wanted to hear me out, including like my You're at breakfast my, today in the morning news. <laughs> Seriously, I would grab the local paper and just read it out loud, and I thought I wanted to be the next Katie Quirk, mm-hmm. but. Um, when I took that trip, that's when I was like, no, this is what I want to do. Okay. So did you uh, like go to school to study? Yes. So I went to college in Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville? (laughs) Wait a minute. Okay. Back up. (laughs) Here you are. You're right near LA, the media capital of the world. And, uh, you said, you know what? I'm going to (laughs) go. The home of country music. <laughs> well, the funny thing is I actually lived in Nashville for 12 years. Um, I moved there shortly after that trip. My uncle opened oh, okay. a Mexican restaurant, and he asked my dad to come help him. It's called La Hacienda Taqueria, and it's still in Nashville, by oh, the way. Okay. <laughs> Shameless plug. Why did, um, you, who, why did he pick Nashville? My uncle was just visiting, and he was like, wow. This was like the 1990s right. or something. He was like, wow. There's not enough Mexicans here. <laughs> there really there was, was nothing to eat. There was nothing right. to eat. There was no Mexicans. That's right. You find your niche. There's a million Mexican restaurants here. <laughs> so he went to, yeah, that's good. He went to the boonies, like where there was nothing but TJ Fridays, a yeah, Walmart. And Taco Bell. And a Taco Bell. Right. <laughs> so that's how we ended up there. Okay. Um, Did you like it? It was great. It was a great, you know, from probably about 14 till 22, I lived there. Wow. That's tough to take you out of, like, away from your friends at that age. It was tough, yeah, from California to, you know, nature, country. But the people there are so nice, and it's so green. Every time I fly in, I'm like, 
It is so green. Yeah. We I've live never in a desert. <laughs> you realize that. We live in a desert. <laughs> I know. Like, I've never seen so many trees in my life. <laughs> and, and you got some seasons. Some seasons. Seasonal. Yeah. Fall is my favorite where it's crisp and cool and the, and the leaves turn brown and orange. It's just beautiful. And the great thing about living in Tennessee was I had no distractions. So <laughs> absolutely none. So every summer I would want to escape. So I do internships or I, you know want to go travel and visit my friends or et cetera, you know. And what school? Did you go to Vanderbilt? or? Um, no, it's across the street from Vanderbilt. Oh, Bel- Belmont. Belmont University, yeah, okay. yeah. I worked in Nashville a bunch. So. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I looked into Vanderbilt, but they had more of a corporate communications degree, and I was like, no, I want journalism. Mm-hmm. So that's what inspired me. And it was a small school, private university, and what I liked about it was my smallest class was two people, and the biggest class was 30 people. Oh, my gosh. So if I didn't go to class, I would get a phone call from my professor. <laughs> Why aren't you in class? Wow. today so they really cared about you instead of going to maybe what was a big university where i you know was it like four or five thousand enrollment or yeah yeah four wow. or five thousand. it's like a like a major city high school <laughs> I know. You know, that's huge <laughs> i know but that's uh that's interesting i mean it, so did you didn't have as someone who was always going away you stayed in town to go to college yeah it <laughs> seems odd that you, you like you would want to like go away. I know, right? Yeah. I, I stayed there to be close to my family oh. and <laughs> and that great one Mexican restaurant. And there. that great one Mexican <laughs> restaurant. <laughs> sure. And you know, it actually inspired me to want to travel because I was so not distracted. I was I was so focused in school that I I did two internships. I did one in Chicago, Fox News, Chicago. Oh yeah, my and hometown. Then, <laughs> really, yeah. Chi Town. Yep. Do you remember? Oh my gosh, what Tamara Hall, Tamron Hall? Yeah. She's on Fox. Yeah, I interned with her. Oh wow. Mike okay. Bars. Yeah, I was their intern and great great time. Um, we were you only there for. Like, the summer. Okay. And I was Good like, call. I know. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> people, yeah, that would cure your love of seasons if you uh, went there in February. Yeah, people are like, how'd you like Chicago? I was like, I love Chicago. Like, yeah, try it for, this, try it <laughs> yeah. for the winter and let me know what yeah. you think. Yeah, oh, the first three months of the year. That's a much <laughs> different thing. Uh, so, okay, so you're, uh, you went to school. Getting back to that first trip yeah. in, um, when you were 12. Yes. What surprised you? You said you were amazed that, uh, you know, it's a much bigger world. The, do you remember specifics of like what really blew you away? Honestly, like the first time we arrived to London, I was like, "Wow, there's so much history and big." Ben, they talk like they do in the movies, and they have accents. <laughs> yes, and then the currency was different, mm-hmm. and just everything was so <laughs> different. And and there's something that can prepare you, like movies or books or magazines. Just going in person, right, is what you know, at such a young age, inspired me. And I remember Rome was overwhelming. I was like, Rome, I'm going to come back. And I eventually did come back and live there. But, you know. Well, you, when did you live in Rome? I lived in Rome in 2012. Uh, or, to yeah, work? 2011. Or to study? So great story. Great segue. Well, um, I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> when um, I moved back from college from Nashville, I moved here back to L.A. I actually, my first job was at Fox Sports. So I ended up in sports. Okay. <laughs> which, That's how I started out of school. I was a sports writer. Really? Yeah. For like, newspapers. Oh, nice. Yeah. Fancy. Remember newspapers? Oh, my God. You used to read them at the table. <laughs> Back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so definitely. I went. I worked at Fox Sports in the soccer and baseball department for a couple oh, of years. Okay. But what really 
I was at the same thing. I was like, you know, I'm doing this job every day in LA, which is great, but I really, the passion for travel never left me. It can, it never left me since I was 12. So I said, what's a dream that I have? Um, and literally this is what happened. It was October, 2010, I think. Yeah. October, 2010. I was going to work on a Saturday morning, a EPL, BPL, Sedia A series game. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I'm a, a soccer fan. So. <laughs> yeah. So it was about three 30 and I woke up from a dream and I was walking the cobble steps of Rome. And I remember waking up being like, no, and trying to go back to sleep. And you know, when you try to force yourself to dream the same dream, yeah, it never works. Never works. So I was just thinking of Rome, 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 and I couldn't go back to sleep and I had a 4 30 a.m. game to to work on so I got my big girl panties on and (laughs) went went to went to Fox and I remember on the board was a list of the games we're going to cover and the first game at 4 30 5 a.m. was Lazio versus Roma and I was like great so it's fate it's fate right Right. so I went to the room with the with the producer and we were looking at we were watching the game that we were going to work on and I told him it's like 4 30 more it's like yeah Anthony so like I want to be there in Rome not here and he was like it's too early to talk like we can't talk right now yeah I'm sleeping (laughs) and I was like oh but I had a dream it's like yeah Jeanette everyone that's great no like really so uh, the same day um, at 9 a.m. my boss came and gave me me a beach volleyball tape to edit he said here Jeanette this is going to air tonight you know make some cuts make it look perfect you know from two and a half hours to one hour and 30 minutes make Mm -hmm. it look seamless I said okay great I was watching a game, logging, seeing what we were going to produce or cut on it. And the last scenes were videos of Rome. And it said, see you in Rome, May 2011. This is 9 a.m. And I looked around me. Nobody was there. Crickets. And I was like, is someone playing a joke on me? Yeah, Another sign. Another sign. I was like, is someone playing a joke on me? So anyway, so I went to the coffee room and I got coffee like normal people at 9 (laughs) a.m. And it's Italian coffee in there. And it's Italian espresso. (laughs) Yeah, right. And I remember there was a TV at the corner of the room and it had the little National Geographic logo on it. Right. I was like, oh, National Geographic. Let me, you know, turn it up. And I turn it up. And what is it on? Rome. Uh I was like, all right, all right, all right. (laughs) All right, universe, you win. (laughs) So that day I started looking into Rome and I moved uh, in March of the next year. You, so, and you were there for how long? Three uh, months? No, a little bit over six months. Six actually. months? Yeah. Okay. In Rome. Without a gig, no job? So I so I quit everything. I sold wow. my car. I gave my work on one month notice. <laughs> I didn't tell my family or friends until like two weeks yeah. before because I didn't want anyone to be like, try to convince me not to do it. Um, yeah, and I sold all my furniture. I gave away everything. I literally, literally had two boxes of stuff left. And I was like, all right, guys. I'll never forget the phone call. I told my mom. I was like, okay, mom. So uh, I quit my job. You quit your job. Uh, I sold my car. You sold your car. I'm uh, moving to Italy. You're moving to Italy. Aww. And it was just like, bam, boom, bam, bam, bye. You're like, the same girl who didn't want to leave Nashville. Exactly. The same girl who didn't want to travel at 12 years old can like not stay put for one place. So how did you, did you have any connections? I didn't know anyone. So you speak Spanish. I sp- yeah, which is Spanish. close, which is close to <laughs> Italian. You can kind of fake your way through Italian. Yes, yeah. we called it Spitalian when I was there. But 
Italian. Yeah, when I was there with someone who spoke Spanish. Brilliant. Like, we got by. We got by. <laughs> Brilliant. I love that. Well, they are very similar. I actually forgot to tell you that I did do a study abroad in college. Oh, okay. In Sicily. Cecilia, Cecilia. I've been there a couple times. Yes. And then I took Italian there. So I do have kind of a background in Italian, but I can do Spitalian as well. (laughs) I didn't have any contacts. I just had a place for four months. I had a one-way ticket. Actually, two days before I left, I had a really bad root canal pain. And it was so bad. They're like, we're going to have to extract your molar and take it out. I was like, well, can I I keep it for like a couple months? (laughs) The dentist was like, absolutely not, unless you want to be in pain in a foreign country so literally two days before i left to rome he extracted a molar and put stitches in my mouth and i was like nothing's gonna stop me (laughs) but it probably would have been free in in italy really well i mean if your health care is covered (laughs) dental is a different thing but the uh so you get there how did you did you know what part of town you wanted to live in? Did you just pick one at random? Did you Airbnb it or Yes, yes. Okay. Um, and what I did do was I signed up for a TEFL course. So teaching English as a foreign language. Oh yeah. So for the first month I'd have that set. So in case I wanted to work or do something else while I was there, I could teach. And so that's what I I did have that program signed up. Okay. So I had so I did that. I got certified. Even though I sound valley, I'm actually very <laughs> my vocabulary. Your English, my your vocabulary English is wonderful. My vocabulary is much more than totally right. like yeah, awesome. You I know. can judge English. Spanish. <laughs> I'm sure your Spanish is fine too, but my yeah, mine is not. Most <laughs> people are like, you taught English? I'm like yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> the so you're there. I was uh, there. How did the first few weeks go? And I mean, was so, it? amazing the yeah. honeymoon period you know when you're just like oh. did that wear off it you know it's funny i always do get a little homesick after a couple months just because you start seeing people with their family and their right. friends and you're like oh my family's like you know eight nine hours away right. so and making friendships um you know it's it's a little more difficult in a different not impossible actually i made the best friends in my life in different countries but it's just getting to know people more when I talk to any American, and this is not just you and your background, <laughs> but any American who's gone for any time, like, you know, living overseas, I ask them what they miss the most. And one of the first things they say, Mexican food. Oh, my gosh. Right? It is so true. It is so <laughs> true. It and so I'm such a Mexican food. And we're food. so spoiled in Southern California, we especially. Are so spoiled. I'm such a Mexican food snob. Not only is my uncle and yeah, well, family your family in the restaurant business. Yeah, well, your family ruined it Yeah, and my brother-in-law and his family in Orange County are in the Mexican restaurant business. When I go to Mexico like three four times a year because my mom's from Mexico City and we have the most amazing Mexican food and they're usually hole in the walls there's the taco stands you know that are the, those are the best places those are the best places so I'm a total Mexican food snob so yes I'm always the one looking for Mexican and food and I've made that mistake like when I've been gone for a long time and I'm just jonesing I just I just need a fix uh-huh. and then you you go you're like you're in Germany somewhere like <laughs> oh there's a Mexican restaurant and it's horrible Yes. It's so bad. And you're like, yes. oh, no. I can't. So now I try never, my motto now is to never eat Mexican food outside of America or Mexico. It's a good point. It's a good point. I remember. Because it sucks everywhere. It I, sucks. I remember. In- it sucked in New York <laughs> when I lived there. Really? Yeah, it sucked. I mean, you have to go, you have to really seek it out in like yeah. the higher end places and some of them is good. Yeah. But I mean, there's just, no. Well, There's not enough Mexicans there. They're that, all Puerto Ricans. That's very true. Yeah. And in, in Sweden, um, I remember I went Ooh, to a Mexican restaurant. That can't be good. And it was probably, yeah, there were no Mexican. I, it's it's surprising when I go to a Mexican restaurant, there are no Mexican 
cooks or chefs. No. Yeah. I'm just not used to <laughs> right. that. Especially in America. Anywhere, yeah, anywhere, anywhere in America, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. In Chicago, I worked in kitchens. They were the, all Mexican. All yeah. Mexican. Yeah. But they, yeah, I used to eat what they, because they would make their own food. Yeah. Because this is like oh, a barbecue, like a steak place. For sure. And so I would like, in, in breaks, they would make their own food and it was so good. It's so good. Like anywhere I go that's not Mexican, I will sometimes ask for tortillas or hot salsa. Yeah. There will always be somebody with that's something. It. I miss the, because I love spicy food. Yeah. And so I miss that in Europe too. Like, uh, yes. And because they don't eat nothing spicy there. I remember I was in, uh, in Spain. You know how they have those eggs? It's like a tortilla. Patata? That eat, yeah, eat for breakfast. It's like a quiche. You know, yeah, kind of. yeah, yeah. And it's, to me, it's like dying for hot sauce. You know, that's yeah. like with my eggs. I always... Uh, and I would ask them for it, and they're like, ah, we don't have it. Or some guy brought me ketchup, but I was like, oh, no, salsa, picante. And there's like one dusty bottle of Tabasco that they found in the back, and they're watching me put it on. I was like, what are you, look at this weirdo. <laughs> yeah, no, I miss that. I miss it. So when you look back on Italy, I mean, after six months there, mm-hmm. did you – I know you missed your family, but did – did you want to keep going? Did you want to like, now I want to live in Spain and now I want to live in somewhere else? Well, yeah, the travel bugs, once you're bit, I think you're forever bit. Did you run out of money? <laughs> no. No, actually what happened was my brother and his wife, now wife, were getting married. So oh. I came back, but I came back on a one way. That's how I used to travel. One way because I, I didn't want a time. Committed to the one thing. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, well, I'll come back whenever. I don't know. So I came back for the wedding and I was at that point where I could pick up and go back again or start all over in LA or go somewhere new. And it was in between that stage where I was like, I kind of would want to try something new. So I had made a friend in Italy who was working in Australia and I was like, hey, are they hiring? And she was she literally was like, yes, send me your resume and all this information for a school in Australia. You're going to teach English to Australians? <laughs> That's what everyone... <laughs> teach American English to Australians? Everyone gives me crap about that. And I'm like, no, you guys. You're going to teach them val- Valley English? <laughs> we don't say mate. We say dude. Exactly. I went to go teach <laughs> Valley 101. Oh. And the Mexican food sucks there, too. Yes, I God. know. Yes, oh, I know. You just can't win. So did uh, so. How long were you in Australia? Um, I had a six month contract with the school that I was with. It's called Sun Pacific College in Cairns. Cairns. I sure. learned how to I've say that. Yeah, because don't I... say the R's. <laughs> Actually, when you go to Australia, drop throw the R away. Yes, because... never at the end of the sentence. Never just throw it. <laughs> because you don't need it. Because for people, like it's spelled C A I R N S. So I kept telling people, "Oh, I'm going to Cairns. I'm no, going to Cairns." Yeah. Um, Melbourne. Melbourne. Beer. Water. Put in a shrimp on the barbie. Yeah. Yeah. Prawns. 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 They don't say shrimp. Prawns. Yeah. They always correct Americans. (laughs) See, there you go. That's that, that's that, uh, you know, crocodile Dundee crap. Yeah. yeah, Uh, So Kansas, like a, it's a tourist place. It's like a, I'm a diver. So I've been there. Oh, really? It's like, to me, it was like Hawaii and Southern California in one because you have the rainforest and you have the most beautiful ocean sea life. Um, I loved it. And then the, it's the only yeah. place where they have koalas, I think, and still in their natural habitat. Oh, really? Yeah. And I my, yeah, yeah. So, and koalas are absolutely fascinating. I went to the zoo and I hugged one like a typical tourist right. <laughs> with their Get big, photo. with their big claws. And uh, mine smiled in my photo. It was uh-huh. really sweet. You know, I was just afraid he was going to claw me, but he didn't. I was only in Cannes for like a few days. I'm, I'm no, because I did like six months, six uh, weeks up and up the coast, started in Melbourne and went all the way up the East Coast. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I ended in Cannes. But uh, I think I was drunk for the most. This was 20 years ago. <laughs> this was yesterday. It was 96. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was last week. I was drunk the entire time. Uh, but it seems kind of, I mean, in Rome, it is not. I mean, it's much slower paced. Did yeah. you get bored? In Rome? No, in Kent. Oh, sorry. I don't know why you said when in Rome. No, yeah. No, Rome is a huge city. It's the eternal city. Kansas is a sleepy beach town. Kansas, you know? I never really got bored. Uh-huh. Um, I went to Great Barrier Reef a couple yeah. times. Are you a diver? <laughs> no. No? Here's the funny thing. You're in the capital have, of diving. I have a, a deep fear of the ocean. <laughs> I'm one of those. So you went to the Barrier Reef to live. <laughs> and not only that, but I have a fear of sharks. Oh, so they're not com- going to do it. Oh, combine that too. It's absolutely horrible. If, if we went on a big boat with like 250 people and went snorkeling. Um, out of 250 people, I was the very last one to get off the boat. <laughs> oh. And you're that, you're that, I, girl. I'm that person. And oh, I, was the, I was, I was on the edge of the boat and I was like, no, I can't. Oh. No, I can't. And I literally was my fear of the ocean slash sharks, great white sharks. By the way, Australia has the most dangerous ocean life ever. You know, we have every yeah, shark imaginable. No, but on land they have the most dangerous. <laughs> they, I mean, they have like so, of the like twelve most dangerous st- snakes. Ten yeah. are from Australia. There's things in the bush that could kill you, like plants, if you rub up against them. Yeah. So my heart was beating out of my chest, and all my friends. Oh, are like, the water's my, safe. It's safe. <laughs> my friends are like, "Come on, it's so fun!" And like a mile away, and it's like, "I'll be there." Like, go, go. And I was like having a mini heart attack inside, and uh, finally one the workers on the Pushed cruise she was like do you want me to push you and i'm like please <laughs> so literally push me and then i just you know stood there swimming for like i don't know it seemed like eternity and i was like the moment i look down there's gonna be a great white shark and he's gonna come eat me and so and so i i was just in the same place for a couple minutes and she came back she came to me i think she was having like i was having a panic attack or something she's like are you okay i'm like no there's sharks and they're gonna eat me it's really pathetic i know but you know that's one of the things that'll you know take away the fear because you look down and there is no shark and then you can enjoy the beauty and so she was like do you want me to swim with you and it was like yes (laughs) i was such like a two-year-old baby and so she like swam next to me we saw turtles and like yeah. barracudas and and fish that i've never seen in my life and everything is a little more scary underwater because it's their territory it's their <laughs> home but you know i got through it i did it for about 40 minutes and then she left me and i was just there i was really close to the boat though i never left the boat <laughs> i was always an eye view of the boat um, the one person who moves to the Barrier Reef and <laughs> never sees it. My sister oh, was like, boy. if you can't go to Australia and not go to the Great Barrier Reef, the, she's yeah. like, I'll just disown you. There's just, right. you can't do that. So, so why'd, I you go to, why'd you go to Cairns and not like Sydney or Melbourne? Because um, that's where the school was, oh, where okay. I was teaching. It was, it was on Kawara Beach. So right. it just worked out that way. And then Did, I ended up going to Sydney. and Okay, you got a chance to... Explore the Gold Coast. Oh, that's great. That's everything. nice. Yeah. Beautiful, isn't it? I love it. I love yeah. Australia. Yeah, the Aussies. Did you get a chance to travel throughout Asia while you're there? Like they all go to Bali. That's oh. like Vegas for us Aussies, <laughs> right? No, yeah. I ended up going to Fiji. Oh, instead. okay. I've never yeah. been. Oh, really? No, oh, I want to. Wow. As a diver, I really want to go too. That's amazing. Is you it would nice? Love I bet it. it. Is. Yeah. We went. Um, me and my friend from she's a, the one from Italy. We stop by Fiji on the way back for 700 Australian dollars check this out we got a 
all week inclusive stay at three different resorts. Um, it included breakfast, a typical Fijian dinner the first night, a Fijian cooking lesson with a local, uh, swimming with the manta rays, going to the Blue Lagoon, I think where they filmed that movie. Yeah. Um, also, we went to Castaway Island where they filmed, I believe, that movie Castaway. Castaway. Oh, with uh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that for 700 Australian dollars. That's pretty good. And transportation to and from Naughty. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you went with a friend. Yes. I went with my yeah. friend Lara to this okay. day, who she's like still one of my best friends. Yeah. Looks, that's one know. of the reasons I haven't gone. Like a lot of those islands in the South Pacific and stuff, they're so like the most romantic places ever. You know, it's like, I, you got to bring a girl. To, you know, <laughs> I can't. Hey, dude, you want to go to this gorgeous romantic island? And, yeah. Where I'm one of those huts over the water, you know, in Bora Bora. Yeah, this is cozy. You and me. <laughs> Snuggle, Honeymooners snuggle. walking around all all over the place. Oh gosh. Maui's like that. Really? You know, like, well, oh my god! I yeah. went to Hawaii by myself. Hawaii <clears throat> for a four day weekend. People are like, "What are you doing this weekend?" I was like, "I'm just gonna go to Hawaii." They're like, "Who are you going with?" I don't know. I'm just by myself. <laughs> Why? Just because I want to get away. So I went to Waikiki and yeah. I just got an Airbnb there. And well, that's the city. I mean, there's a you can hang out. That's, but the same there. thing. It was very romantic. I was yeah. around couples. <laughs> I went to a luau and I was like. One of only two other single girls. Yeah, Maui's so they, even worse. Don't even go to Maui. <laughs> Maui's like all couples. Like, oh. And so I totally know what you feel, but whatever. You know, <laughs> I loved it. And in Fiji, there was the most stunning, you know, sunsets oh, I've yeah. ever seen in my life. The locals are very humble, very friendly. Um, it's actually thir- it's really a third world country. It's, they a lot of their income is based on tourism. So in Fiji, um, mm-hmm. isn't it? Now, is Fiji the one that is it a U.S. protectorate? Um, it's a commonwealth country Com- oh. commonwealth oh, it is. so the queen of england was on their money when oh, i yeah, went there yeah yeah. Okay. yeah definitely and the and the locals love talking to you and their villages and one of the resorts that we went to was on an island probably the size i don't know it was so small it was like the size of a studio and you could walk around it within five minutes and it was a small you know little boutique hotel and one diving instructor one one diving instructor and there's a pool in the center so you're in this small island in the middle of the ocean in a pool i remember my friend lara and i were in the pool Surrounded by the ocean, and we were just like, "This is amazing." Do you remember the uh, the name of it? We could tell Not people. Not on the, the top of my head. Uh, like, okay. I'll get back to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also ten second Dory, so I forget. You... I'm very forgetful, like Dory. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I watched that movie, and I was like, "Oh, that's you." You know. <laughs> <laughs> did uh, Did people think well, like uh, you could probably I, if you told me you were uh, Fijian, oh, you yes. could pass. Oh, for, you could. I'd be like, did, "Were they <laughs> thinking you were a local?" Were they seeing? Yes, that's like, funny you say that. On my last day in Fiji, I was uh, I was just sitting there drinking, waiting for my you know to go to the airport, and then I got my laptop out. And then I started Skyping with my family and, you know, I hung up with them or whatever. And then this local like at the bar was like, I thought you were Fiji, Fijian until you opened your mouth. (laughs) You're the great thing. You're you're from Orange County, aren't you? (laughs) You're from the OC. The OC. The OC. Yeah. But the funny thing is I used to get like people come up to me and literally be like, are you? You know, all the time. To be, where, I hope they don't say it like where, that. Where are you from? What are you? What ethnicity are you? Like people just... Americans seem, especially seem to be oh, obsessed Americans with that. Oh, Americans do it all yeah. the time. They're like, oh, you know, where are you from? And I, I'm always I guess like, where everybody's from somewhere else, you know, you don't... Yeah. You know. And I'm like, well, where do you think? I, I always love this guessing game. And I've gotten everything from... 
Brazil, Colombia, Peru, right. uh, you know, India, from India, um, Native American, Hawaiian. Uh, that's very castable, though, if it, you're in, the, in this business. You know, that's very it's good. It's amazing. And I used to, you know, when I was younger, I used to get offended. I used to be like, I don't look Mexican or something. I, that's, that's, that's the Nashville coming out. Now, that's that's, like, <laughs> that's uh, now I know how it affected you. What but, are you? <laughs> what are you eating? <laughs> Yeah, you're the only ten. Yeah. Oh God, where are you from? <laughs> but no, but now as I grew up and matured and became more worldly cultured, anywhere I go, like Brazil, people people thought I was from Brazil until I opened my mouth, <laughs> right. and then the moment I opened my mouth, they're like. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. I never get mistaken for anywhere else except <laughs> like where was I that I was actually seemed to be passing as something. It wasn't it Canadian. Wasn't, well, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> That's about the only thing I could pass for. Can't even pass like even in Australia or something. I, I don't know. I just don't. There's just enough <laughs> Jew in me that they don't even know. It's like hey, you're not fully Australian. Australian. Well, that's the thing in Australia. It's really white. Yeah, it's super white. You know, once yeah. you get out of Sydney and Melbourne, it's yeah. ooh, not a lot of diversity. Yeah. But, in Australia, they, they thought it was like Colombian or yeah. something. And, they have no, and, and do not care. Either <laughs> way, they're just care. like, yeah, whatever. Where is that? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember in Australia, they used to love the way I talked because I talk so differently. I would say anything. I'd be like, sugar, can you please give me yeah. some more sugar? They'd be like, sugar, sugar. Yeah, we say our R's. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Mick. It's the only place where I speak that's actually kind of cool because they want me to just say <laughs> things. Well, okay, so you had, so you lived in Italy. Yes. Uh, you were in Sicily for a while. Yes, I was in Sicily for three amazing months. Yeah. I've been <laughs> in Sicily a couple. My best friend got married there. From my best friend from high school got married there nice. in, in uh, Palermo. It's a different vibe, yeah, for sure than yeah. the rest of uh, the rest of Italy. Definitely. And they they take pride in it, but they also get looked down on a lot yeah, by the I, rest of uh, Italy. I think every region in Italy, like north, you know, middle or southern, they identify themselves differently. Yeah. Everybody needs someone to look down on. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I love to You're Sicily, finding though. that more, than, isn't it? I yeah, love to say We did, uh, you know, my class, we, we hiked Mount Etna. Oh, wow. And the whole time, I, I did a, a basic Italian class, and then I took studying the Mediterranean ecosystem. Our last day of class was hiking Mount Etna, and I remember just praying, like, please don't interrupt, please don't interrupt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I'm still doing it, because YOLO, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I found, uh, I thought like Sicily, I mean, their climate and uh, terrain looks a lot like California. I mean, yeah. it's pretty similar. Yeah. It's very definitely. dry and kind of mountains and stuff like that. Yeah. I love Italy, as you can tell. Yeah. Just. So did, have you lived in any other countries besides those? Um, no, just Italy, Australia, and the United States of America. Well, that's a lot. <laughs> that's more than most. Yeah, definitely. So when you came back... Um, when did the the hosting pick up again? When did when did that come? The back? hosting has the hosting has always been in me as well because when I was in college, I you know I took broadcast journalism, I did all these new news internships. People were always like, "You should be in front of the camera. You should you have a personality. You should do this." And I was like, "Yeah, I know, but you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I want to travel." Okay. Um, you can do both. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, ten, 20 years later, I'm like, oh, I can do both now. I've somehow managed to <laughs> swing it. 
Um, I remember when I, when I was working in, in production, for instance, at sports, people were like, why aren't you in front of the camera? And so it's always been in me, too. Like, I always wanted to be the one engaging with people and interacting with people. I love people. I'm a people person. You know, I could talk all day about anything, anywhere, anytime. The longest conversation I've had that's recorded is 12 hours on my flight to Australia. Oh, my God. <laughs> Poor girl next to me. Wow. <laughs> Actually, really good friends to this day. Um, so, yeah. So, it just was always really in me that I wanted to do like hosting. And Samantha Brown was one of my, she still is one of my role models. Mm-hmm. And uh, Anthony Bourdain, who sure. I absolutely like have the biggest admiration for. <laughs> I grew up watching them. And I, I still remember to this day, I, I told my mom, I was like, I want to do that. I want to do that. I want to <laughs> do that. You know, but I got a little distracted on the way. And then I, I, traveled more just to experience it but you know now it's like 110 percent like it's you know any job I've had I've quit to travel and if they're like oh no you know I'm like okay I quit Mm -hmm. (laughs) um as you can tell I've sold everything I've had and would sell everything like you know well you learn I mean one thing travel teaches you that it's just stuff yeah because you have a wi-fi connection and a shower yeah (laughs) you know what I mean absolutely so then so all that and every every time someone's like oh so what do you want to do it's like host and produce my own travel show and it's still to that day you know, to this day, I'm sorry, what I want to do and inspire people to travel because every day I get asked about travel advice, travel recommendations, travel, travel questions and people, you know, they, they want to know and they want to travel and they come to me. I was like, ah, I really need to do something about this, you Mm -hmm. know? What, uh, so was your plan first to uh, work at a, at a station or to create a website or how did it, manifest itself it's it's funny you ask i didn't really know at the time how i was going to manifest it but i knew that speaking to experts travel experts um that i needed to get more experience um so i started just reaching out to you know travel people as mentors and they gave me a lot of great advice and just now i started my website it's called Mm JeanetteReports.com. But, um, yeah, I've done some freelance travel writing. I have taken hosting classes. I took, like, six months of hosting classes. I'm in Toastmasters right now for public speaking. Marquis Costello? Yes. How did you know? <laughs> everybody. Yeah. It seems to be like a rite of passage. It seriously I've is. I've talked to, like, uh, <laughs> five. I've auditioned at her place, and one of my old co-hosts for the TBS show that I did studied with her. And then, you know, Justin Walter, and, uh, he, he's been a guest on the show. He, he took familiar. a class there, and uh, yeah. I think maybe Rachel Redwall did. And, oh, Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they, she definitely did. And so it was just kind of like, yeah, right it to pass. <laughs> yeah. I've known Marky for years. Oh, yeah. that's so funny. Yeah, so well, crazy. people, when they're like, oh, where do you go to hosting? I'm like, Marky, because yeah. which is <laughs> right. so funny. Yeah, I did six it's months. Funny. I did six months there, and then um, I learned as much as I could. But uh, I've done. I've been doing red carpets and, and events like that for about two years now. For who? For your site? For, or for just different people outlets. It's the first red carpet I did was uh, my mentor. He works for Extra, that TV show. And I worked there for seven years. How funny. Do you know him? Re- Reggie? Reginald? Yeah. Reggie Rutherford? Yes! 
yes, of yes. Okay, so he's one of my mentors. Oh, really? Yeah. Who I... He was the, the, the TBS show I did. After two years, is... it uh, moved to Extra. So it was called TBS Movie Extra. That is so, so we shot funny. on the stage there. So yeah, yeah, I know all those guys. Small world. Yep. So Reggie. Reggie. Uh, Shout out to Reggie. So he called me one day and was like, hey, what are you doing today at five? And it was like one. I was like, oh, I don't know. No. Okay. Come meet me at the Saban Theater. We're going to do this red carpet. Okay, cool. I didn't know anything else, you mm-hmm. know? And it was the theater awards show or something and i remember he we got there at five he literally just put me on the red carpet and they gave me a cheat sheet of who was going to be there but it was like a 30 page cheat sheet the red carpet started and i was like awesome right. you know just wing it and just winged it and i just you know i loved it that was nice. have you done more stuff for extra yeah oh well like with him he's helped me like guide along the way like okay. connect me with stuff but yeah but um so yeah so i just I've been in it, you know, in it to win it. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, I mean, if uh, why did I read something that you, you were working for Playboy? Did yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I was doing work for Playboy. Like red carpet stuff as well? Well, like, well, not really red carpet because they don't do as much red like carpet. Like covering events or something? Yeah, they do. They dabble in events and yeah. entertainment. Not as much travel. I've, you know... And I'm still continuing to pitch for them for travel. So they're very open to it. Do they have Playboy.tv anymore? Well, Playboy TV is actually a different company. They're affiliated with them, but it's not okay. the same. It's Yeah. And they're going through a lot of changes right now. Yeah. So it's Wasn't just, it for sale or something? Yeah. And so there's a lot of things going on there. Gotcha. So I'm not as much involved, but mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Well, what so. were some of the websites you've written for? And then you've done some travel stuff for it. Yeah. So I've done some stuff for LA Travel Magazine. Uh, I've done some stuff for Press Pass LA. Um, Playboy still in the works and still pitching some things for them for travel, um, which they want me to. So I'm like seeing where that's going. Um, I can't really think of where else on top of my head. Just a variety, you know. And I'm just starting my own website. Like, yeah. It takes a lot of time. People are like, do you have a website? No. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, but yeah, getting a website is is the easy, easy part. Getting paid for it is the hard part, right? Or having the time to put <laughs> content big, and dedication to it. It's, it's a like content a full time job to it do it. You know, definitely that pays little to nothing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, but when you're passionate about it, it's so exciting. you do it because you love it. If you, you don't, because do you love if you don't it. love it, you don't stick with it anyway. It's you know? true. Yeah. In journalism school, I remember my professors were always like, "You know, you're not going to make a lot of money." Are you sure you want to do this? I was like, uh, what? Yeah. Yes. If I cared yes. about money, I would have picked a different major. Yes. I trust <laughs> me. Like if I wanted, if I was interested in the money, I would have tried to have been a doctor or something like an engineer, something yeah. guaranteed Wall income. Street. Yeah. Something with a guaranteed income. But I, I was like, no, I'm not doing this for the money. I'm doing this because I love it. You know? And my, actually my first job offer was in, uh, as a news reporter for, uh, in Fargo, North Dakota. Ooh. Ooh, there's a winner for you. I've <laughs> been think, to Fargo. Yeah. There. I don't know how you do it. I've in never Fargo. been there, but I, I think the, the pay offer was like fourteen, fifteen thousand dollars. Sweet. And it was like yeah. A year? <laughs> yeah. That I was like people... when I was making it a newspaper out of Yeah, college. yeah. I think people at McDonald's were making more than that. But, uh, but... to be fair, that's like in Fargo, <laughs> that's you know, 
a livable wage in Fargo. Is it? Because I've never well, been. Well, that's in... still tough. I mean, it's it's a lot cheaper than here. You're used to California <laughs> oh, prices. Oh, gosh, yes. And clearly, I yeah. turned it down. Yeah. <laughs> so... God, really? Yeah. yeah. Well, this was back in 2008, too. So that was a pretty tough time just to get a job. Oh, that was right during that's... the crash. But, uh, yeah, talk about, like, <laughs> I could just see those netters. You think you got the where you from questions before. Where's that girl on TV from? Where is she? And the funny thing is, even though I lived in Nashville for 12 years, you would never know, would you, by no, the way no, talk? No. The southern accent never stuck to me. Yeah, you know, if it's not, but, you know, my parents were from out, like the East Coast, but I grew up in the Midwest, so when they called my house and they answered the phone they're like where's your dad from you know <laughs> my dad sounded like Danny DeVito you know, in Chicago that was like where is he from and uh but I never talked you know I picked up more Midwest but I grew up there from the start I mean you it's kind of like how you start yeah it's weird it was pretty much set by the time you were 12 and moved to Nashville yeah if you had changed in high school that would, you would have been trying too hard I think. <laughs> and your parents would have been like what you, you sound ridiculous I know and people even in California like are you from the valley? Yeah. It's like, no, I'm from the OC. Come on, you can tell the difference between... I can't tell the difference between people from the valley and the Orange County. What's and, the difference? And What's I, the telltale? And I tell people, look, I'm really actually smart and really well-versed. I, I, you know, this degree... Oh, I went to UCLA for producing, uh, professional producing program. Totally forgot oh, about God. that. I taught English. Like, I got certified. I have a journalism degree. Like, so I'm very... My, you know, diction language is very eloquent, although I may not always sound like it. <laughs> so fine. No one thinks you sound eloquent. <laughs> Have you seen that skit, The Californians? Oh, yeah. And I love it. Do you know those people? Do you know, like, uh, people like him? Yes, yes, totally. I know a couple people like him. I know a couple people. I guess like growing that. up out here, you got to see more of it. We get more transplants out in, you know, because I've been in Hollywood. Everybody's from somewhere else. But in the OC, you get the hardcore, uh, hardcore generational californians yeah definitely yeah. so uh, i wanted to ask you about uh mexico city because i yes. still haven't been and i'm dying to go <gasps> you've never been i know <laughs> and my friend just lived there for like eight years and i kept saying i was gonna go and, and amazing I, I yeah i've heard great things i don't remember if it's Condé nast or travel and leisure but they released like the top 20 restaurants in the world and mexico city had three of them yeah Wow. And it's definitely, I remember Anthony Bourdain's episode in Mexico City and Samantha Brown. And, and I go because I go like three times a year because my family is from there. And it is just amazing. People are always like, is it dangerous? Is it dangerous? I, um, I can't even anymore. Well, they say that about here. I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah, there's you, neighborhoods you don't go into. It's like every city. Exactly. And you there's just, great neighborhoods. <laughs> there's great you know? neighborhoods. You just have to be savvy traveler wherever you go. I mean, you're not obviously going to flash your jewelry or your big sure. camera around your, you know. So neck. for the people listening, uh, for tourists and me, because I <laughs> yeah. still haven't gone, what, what neighborhoods should we stick in? And is there a side of town we should stay on? Yeah. I mean, I think Culiacan is a very nice. That's where my friend lived. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. It's a very historical and beautiful part of town. Um, it's where Frida Kahlo's house yeah. is. You can see Frida Kahlo's house, which is now a museum, which is amazing. Um, also, it has like cobble steps. Speaking streets. of Sejas. <laughs> oh my God. Una, yes. Una Seja. Oh my God. One right across her head. <laughs> yes. See, it all comes around. <laughs> it's all relative. Yeah, that should have been her name. <laughs> Give me a couple months and I could have a Frida too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Um, Go ahead. Anyways, uh, Culiacan is definitely a nice area. Um, I would highly recommend. And definitely going to the pyramids. 
of the Aztecs through Tacan. The pyramids. Well, how, how far outside of town is? It's the... like 35, 40 minutes. Okay. So you either want to, you know, get a shuttle. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of ways to get there: taxi, shuttle, bus. There's a lot of tours. It costs, I think, ten dollars to get in, mm-hmm. and you can actually climb those pyramids. I know. Pyra- I've seen all the photos. Pyramid of the Sun, Pyramid of the Moon, and if you get a, a tour guide while you're there, they speak every language. Um, they can take you like inside and all the cool places, and then at sunset, you know, I think one of them there's like the shadow of a snake. And then mm. according to where you stand, they were so smart, the indigenous Aztecs, the where you, where you stand, like everything is like a 90 degree angle. And if you clap a certain way, then you can hear the sound of a bird. And like, <laughs> you're like what, who are these people? Like, are they normal? Cause yeah. you know, <laughs> I mean, it's just fascinating. And then there's an amazing restaurant about five minutes away called La Gruta. La Gruta, it's in uh, a cave, underground cave, and it's just the most amazing Mexican food. If you like Mexican food, you'll, you're going to die over this Mexican food. And the setting, you're under a cave. The and restaurant's in a cave, under, it's under in the a ground. Cave. It's called La Gruta, La Gruta, La Gruta, G-R-U-T-A, and it's under a cave. It's literally five minutes from the pyramids okay. of Mexico City, and you go in there, and sometimes they play music, like mariachi, and it's all lit by candles. Very romantic, very fun. But it Best seems like margaritas. that seems like something. I'm sure it's great, but I would look back because it's so close to the pyramids. I would think it would be too touristy. No, and actually, not a lot of people know about it. Oh, okay. people. The thing is, when you leave the pyramids, there's about 20 people standing with their menus for their restaurants, and they literally will chase you down. Yeah. Um, but if you know already La Gruta, it's kind of it's five minutes away, but it's it's not. Um, it's kind of hidden, so you gotta you gotta know where you're going. So if you just tell your taxi. Take me to La Gruta, they'll know. But okay. the food is just, you know, amazing. The Aztec soup and the margaritas. Oh my God, you're making me want to go back, right? <laughs> this very moment. I know. Ugh. So if um, outside of Mexico, or outside of Mexico City, are there any other spots in Mexico you've been that Cancun, you recommend? Cancun, hands down. Okay, look. Cancun's Cancun- pretty, you know... I'm sorry. It it gets it gets pretty white trashy and horrible. Yeah, okay. You know, Cancun gets a bad people rap. People from Alabama coming down there and thinking they're in a different country when really they're just <laughs> Look, Cancun gets a bad rep for I the Maya Riviera I like the spring breakers, you know? Yeah, that's um, what I mean. And but but Cancun has been there pre, you know, pre nineteen fifties right, and yeah. always been beautiful. And the Mayans, it's so rich in history from the Mayans, the Yucatan, Chichen Itza, you have Coba, the pyramids in Coba. Um Isla Mujeres is a fifteen minute ferry ride from Cancun and it's one of the only places where you can swim with whale sharks. You yes. may know that. Yes. From July to September, you can swim with whale sharks, and um, we did that a couple years ago. It costs like $60. They pick you up from mm. Isla Mujeres, and drinks, beer, food, take you on a little boat, and they have little radar you know, radios, and they're like, latitude 25, 40, and then they go deep in the ocean where you don't know where anyone is and and then all of a sudden you know i'm throwing up on the side of the boat but then all of a sudden maybe this is what (laughs) you're you're putting the bait down maybe this is what brought them uh, yeah i get i have really bad seasickness so i was throwing up on the side of the boat so then they put me in the very front of the boat because they say the center you you may know this the center or the front of the boat is where you get least seasick or where it's more stable Anyways, it was a really small boat, so there was nowhere for me to lay. And so they oh. took me, they put me in the very front. And I remember, like, after I threw up, like, 20 minutes later, we saw, like, a big whale shark just pop its head. And 
Aren't they a, amazing? Amazing. A, I'm afraid of the ocean. B, I'm afraid of sharks. So, and I get like, seasick. It's but... more of a whale than a shark. They eat grass. <laughs> they eat plankton. <laughs> yes, I know. They have no teeth. Yeah. Um, and... It's like a bus. It's like a <laughs> floating bus. It's, they're, they're beautiful. Yeah. And I was just in awe. I actually, I was like, oh, they're so cute. <laughs> and they're like the size of a bus. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, they're so cute. And, and I didn't have a fear that time. And so, you know, they let three people at a time go into the water with them. And it's just you and the whale sharks, oh, you know. Great snorkeling gear whatever um so that's that's one of the things you can do in cancun besides the pyramids and the food and the locals i mean we usually like my sister go used to celebrate her birthday there every year so we used to go every year to cancun not during spring break season (laughs) we go in august actually oh that's when they're giving it away because no one's going there yeah august is the perfect time to go the weather's nice nobody's there Um, it's hotter than hell actually yeah but it's nice yeah i mean you know (laughs) and it's fun isla mujeres is a fun time i highly recommend cancun okay just don't go during spring break season you know just avoid (laughs) that you'll have the best time so have you done much of south america or anything um, I went to Brazil for the World Cup. Oh, you did? Yes! See? I'm jealous. Oh, my God. A, you know, talk about fear, because I've been to Rio before, <laughs> and I've been, I was in Brazil once. I went to Rio and, and Buzios and um, Iguazu, mm-hmm. but um, I was worried about them pulling it off. Like, I'm still worried about the Olympics. It's gonna Are be... you serious? I well, you know there. what? It's, uh, I, I'll go back to Brazil. I love Brazil, <laughs> but I just didn't want to go, because I knew the prices were going to be high. I knew the... You know, but now I think about it, the next couple World Cups are going to be in like Russia and Qatar. <laughs> yes. So I was like, well, I'm not going to either of those. <laughs> well, so now I wish I went to the uh, Euros. I was there in Euros. I was in uh, France during the Euros this year, which nice. was great. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Well, not only did I go, but I went by myself. Wow. For 10 days to the World Cup. Where'd you stay? I stayed in Rio for the first week, and then I, my game was in Salvador, so I had a five-hour flight to oh. Salvador, and then I had a girlfriend that lived in Puerto Alegre, so I went to go visit her, and people were like, oh my God, but you can't go to, you can't go to Brazil by yourself, it's so dangerous, yeah, right. and I was like, watch me, <laughs> you know, um, I asked about 30, 40 people if they wanted to come with me, you know, and they all said they couldn't or you know, I would have gone. Well, I didn't know you then. Uh, <laughs> would you? you would you, you have gone? Yeah, sure. No, because I, you, I, you know, I just didn't. Like, <laughs> I wanted to go to the Euros too, but then I got there while I was in France. I, I planned to go to the England Wales match, and uh, again, I was traveling solo. Mm-hmm. I had no tickets. The tickets were outrageously expensive. Sure. And uh, there just had been all these like riots at the last England game. Yeah. And uh, there, it was raining. It was just crappy. <laughs> I'm just like, you know what? I went to go meet a friend on the other side of France. So I skipped the game. But it was fun being there and just watching the games and all the pubs and everything yeah, like that. And, and sure. seeing, I was meeting fans from all over the place. And that part was fun. For but sure. just getting to the game and I had no place to stay. I, like I didn't organize any kind of accommodations and stuff. And they were just raking people over the coals like... You can stay at my house and like Airbnb for five hundred dollars this game <laughs> oh night. And you're like, yeah, that's that's not gonna happen. You're like, no, I'd rather yeah. just sleep on a. You know what? I'm gonna take that, have a nice meal, and watch <laughs> it in the pub. Yeah, no. The funny thing is, I had a friend whose brother had two extra tickets to the World Cup, and she was like, "Are you interested?" I'm like, "Are you kidding me? Are you, am I breathing?" Yes. What games did he? It was have... for a quarterfinal, so <gasps> we didn't know who it was going to be at that time. Great. So it was even better. This is about two months before the World Cup. 
And, and she was like, there's only one catch. You have to, he's only going to sell them to you as a pair. So I was like, well, I'm going. So that's when I asked about 30 to 40 yeah. people, family, friends, coworkers, complete strangers off the street. I was like, do you want to go to the World Cup? <laughs> I have a ticket. And the ticket was, he was going to sell it to me for under base value, which was like $300. Oh, that's great. And I, and I was like, oh my God, does anyone, I got only one yes from a girlfriend who still works at Fox Sports. And last minute, she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't go anymore. And then I told, I told him, I was like, you know, I had someone and she canceled and can I still have the one ticket? And he was like, I'm sorry, I can only sell them to you as a pair. So those tickets were out of the picture. And I had already had my Brazilian visa, my hotel, my plane ticket to go. And I was like, oh, well, I'm going to still go because – I'm determined. If you right. haven't noticed, when I want something, I go for it. But how were how was it like getting flights, and how'd you find a place it, to stay? It wasn't bad. Really? I actually, it was fine. I got a hotel in Rio for a week. It was like a block. It was like Copacabana. Oh, it was wow. like just cross the street and get there, and it wasn't too bad. Like 170 a night, but for the World Cup time, yeah, you no, know? it's great. I thought it was going to be much more expensive. No. I saw there was a story how they were turning the, the little, the love hotels <laughs> into like regular hotels because they were so short of uh, hotel room space. Oh, really? So they were taking these, you know, the half hour motels and they were turning them into like legitimate uh, hotels. Oh, the, half hour motels. Yeah, the love motels. <gasps> oh my God, I didn't know that. <laughs> oh yeah. You didn't know about those no, in Brazil? No. So oh, yeah, just... they're very common. They're all over the place. What is that? So you just like because... rent them for half an hour? Yeah, yeah, for an hour. Because you know what it is? It's like <laughs> because so many people, you live with your parents until oh you get married, God. pretty much. So it's like oh you're my... in your 20s, late 20s. <laughs> I mean, you don't have a, you can't bring them home. And where do you go? <laughs> Nobody owns a car. You can't. Oh my so god! Th- so there's no big stigma to it. People just use them. I mean, you need so to go somewhere, <laughs> you know. And so people go to these things. So they're very common. But love motels. Well, hotels. they call them like love hotels or something. But they're just you know should be like something else. But yeah. okay. <laughs> and you can get themed rooms or whatever. You know. But what? Yeah. I did not know this. What did you do in Brazil? <laughs> Obviously not. Yeah, that. I don't. Jeez. <laughs> um, yeah, they're very common. That's great. But there's no big like stigma or anything to them it's just like you got to do what you got to do i mean <laughs> or who you have to do yeah but if you both live with your parents <laughs> okay i it's guess like, that makes sense what do you where do you go you know okay i guess that makes sense and you're 26 <laughs> you know <laughs> can't get a, you don't need a hotel room for you know a whole night <laughs> you, know? you gotta you know oh my god that's too much uh, but yeah so that happened so you long, got into the game who'd you long see long story short um i ended up getting my ticket through a third-party seller here in LA who sold it to me for double because, you know, it was like 350 I paid like $700. And I was scared because there were people that were going to the games and they had bought tickets, but they were false. So they would go there and then they get turned away. That already happened to me at a Lakers game. So I was like, fuck, if I go to, you know, Brazil and this happens, I'm going to be devastated. So I took my chance and they guaranteed that it was a real ticket. So I was like, okay, you know, if not, you know, I'm going to just die. (laughs) (laughs) So we went, uh, we, I went to Rio and then, um, my game was in Salvador. Okay, the which second, is up north. Yeah, but, yeah. and it, it wasn't for... I haven't been up there. It, it's amazing, by the way, yeah. Salvador. Salvador is amazing. It's a special place in my heart, It's more sure. African influence, right? Definitely. Yeah. Bahian, Bahian, mm-hmm. definitely. But on my second day to Rio, I, you know, did what I did 
solo traveling, I wanted to go see that big statue, Christ the sure. Redeemer, that everyone was talking about. You gotta go. And I was like, oh, yeah, so I'll just go, like, look at it and take a picture, and I'll just go, I'll go back to the hotel. Yeah, right. Um, first of all, it's like a 20-minute ride from where I was staying, and it's in a mountain. It takes, like, an hour to get there because you're going up all this mountain. And my taxi driver was so nice. I was like, oh, can I charge my phone while you're talking? I didn't bring a video camera or digital camera. I just brought my cell phone or a laptop. So I was like, can I charge my cell phone? He's like, yeah. I was speaking in Spanish. He was speaking in Portuguese. And so he was telling me, okay. Portuguese. Portuguese. (laughs) So he was like, he was giving me the inside scoop. I was like, okay, so if I want to go to Christ Redeemer, what do I do? He's like, okay, you're going to go buy your ticket here. You're going to go on the shuttle. There's only two ways to get there, shuttle or like the train. He's like, I'm, I recommend the shuttle, so go get your ticket. You're going to stand in line for a shuttle. Shuttle's going to pick you up, take you all the way up there. You're going to show him your ticket again, and then you can go up there. I was like, okay, easy breezy. He dropped me off. Nice guy. You know, I bought my ticket for the shuttle, and I got in line, and they were like, okay, it's going to be a three-hour wait. Uh. <laughs> because, of course, it was the only day there were no games, so all the tourists, like myself, right. were like, oh, let me go to the Christ Redeemer. So I was in line. There was Colombians and, like, Argentinians everywhere behind in front of me talking about football and yelling at each other their jerseys yelling at each other like you suck you suck and (laughs) you know we are the best and i was like oh my gosh um and then i was looking for my cell phone and then i was looking through my purse i was like okay three hours like i can like do something and then i realized i left left my cell phone in the the taxi charging on my second day Uh, in rio my only form of communication and so i literally wanted to cry i was like (gasps) Oh my God. Okay. Don't panic. Oh. Don't panic. And I literally didn't know what to do because I mean, it was a just random taxi yeah. driver in Rio and I know people who left their cars and Ubers and never got it back. So I'm like, Oh my God, you know? Um, but thankfully like 15 minutes later, I'm still in line, like figuring out how I'm going to do this. I see the taxi driver walking like where the, the ticket counter is. And then I see him holding something with the, with the cord. Oh. So he came back and then like i told the colombians i was like save my spot you know and i was like i ran up to her like oh my god thank you and i gave him the biggest hug and i was like you don't know what this means to me like he gave it to me and like who does oh, that well, i hope you tipped him generously i did okay, i gave good. him a nice tip and so it took three hours to get up to the christ it Redeemer? took three hours and so when Ugh. we were in that line and then we took the shuttle then it takes an hour to get up to there and then i was in another line to get in. <laughs> so while I was in that line, it was all football fans from all over the world yelling at each other, the Mexicans, uh. the Argentinians. And I, and I literally was like, oh my gosh, if I have to listen to this for another hour, I'm going to kill myself. Two guys in front of me was an American guy and he turned around and laughed. He was like, ha ha ha, me too. And I was like, oh, you're American. And we started talking. And then eventually, like, we just stood next to each other because the person in the middle was, like, really annoyed, you know, like that third wheel kind of annoying thing. So um, (laughs) we started talking, and I was like, oh, so tomorrow's game, you know, was July 4th. I I wonder where I should watch it, like a cool bar, or, like, where do you suggest? And he was like, oh, you mean the France versus Germany game? Because by that time, we knew it was going to be. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I have an extra ticket. He's like, are you interested? I was like, Oh my God. I was like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah, my friend just bailed on me and I I haven't had time to put it online yet, but if you want it, you can have it. I was like, (laughs) he just gave it to you. No. Well, here's the thing. He was like, he was like, how much do you want for it? And I was like, okay, how how much is it worth? Because I've already paid double. So I don't want to pay double. Um, and he was like three fifty. I was like, can I pay you three fifty? He's like, done. I was like, yeah. He was like, 
meet me at this coffee shop in Copacabana tomorrow, like at eight in the morning before the game. We'll do the exchange there and we'll go to the game. And I was like, yes. And mind you, we're in line with like hundreds and hundreds of football players, soccer fans that would die to get this. So I was like, oh my gosh, I couldn't believe it. So then I went and I saw Christ the Redeemer. It was stunning. You get to see Maracana and the views Mm -hmm. of Rio. Oh, sunset. Yeah, I've been up there. It's cool. Did Amazing. You, so what did you do with your two non-counterfeit tickets that you bought here for $700 <laughs> each or well, whatever? Well, I just got one in LA. Just okay, for you just me. got the one. Yeah, because the, the pair that I was going to have, I couldn't get because no one else could go okay. with me. So you still had the one ticket. So I still had mine for, for, a different for Salvador. For okay, th- yeah. That was Costa Rica versus Netherlands. That by okay. that time, we knew who was going to be. But don't let's not even talk about Mexico versus Netherlands uh, games because I'm still very. Boy. So you never got to see Mexico play uh, or America. Uh, you no, see, okay. neither. And it's funny because the, the Germany France that's that was a good game. That's huge though. That's, that's Maracana. That was a good game. Yeah, but, that stadiums. I saw I saw Flamengo play there. Oh really? That was that Which was major. was not full. So I mean that place is so huge. It's like seventy thousand people. Yeah, and. You know, we met the next day in a coffee shop and I had gotten like the reals, all the money in my, I put it in my little fanny pack, you know, under my clothes. Cause I, you know, it's like, I'm a girl and I'm uh-huh. alone in Rio, you know? And we met at the coffee shop and he was like, Oh, are you excited? I'm like, yes. And I was like, okay, I have the money in my pouch, in my pocket, like thing, if you want to exchange now. And he was like, don't worry about it. Let's do it later. Let's go take the Metro to the game. And I was like, okay. So we took the Metro, which took 45 minutes to get there with all the people, the fans. Right. We get in front of the stadium and there's like 40, 50 people with signs that says, I want a world cup ticket. I'll pay anything, please. And especially the Germany and France yeah. fans that flew there without a and ticket. They have money. And they have money and they're like, I'll pay anything. And he still hasn't given me the ticket and I still haven't given the money. And I, we don't know each other. So technically he literally could just sell it for like, five grand or yeah. something and i was like just praying i was like please don't sell your ticket please <laughs> and so we walked through like 20 people he's like come on let's go let's keep and i was like thank you so we walked by all those people which i was like <sighs> and then he gives me the ticket and i see the ticket and then i'm like oh my god because this is a lifelong dream of mine by the way since i was little and i watched soccer with my dad and brother sure. growing up this is the and no no one in my family has gone so this is a lifelong dream and i love football <laughs> so he gave me the ticket and then i gave it to the fifa person and she scanned it, it turned green i was like yes <laughs> i went through the security place and then he was behind me and then i i went to the corner and i just started bawling i just started crying i was like <laughs> And he's thinking, oh, my God, why did I ask this weirdo? Yes, I was like, oh, my God. I was, like, crying. He's like, are you okay? Of all the people I could have sold this (laughs) ticket to. Yeah. This bawling mess. This bawling emotional mess. And I was like, (laughs) he's like, are you okay? And I was like, I'm just so happy. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to get us a beer because our seats were together. He's like, I'll see you later. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It literally, like, it's, it's that moment when you're living a dream, like, in the Aww. moment and you realize that like like you know i've had so many obstacles that i had to get there like you know things and things happen people and whatever but i went i was like i don't care i'm going you know and then that <laughs> happened and i went and we had the most amazing time made friends with everyone in front behind on the side of us you know it was That's just, awesome and and germany had to win though 
Germany. Yeah. yeah, Germany had to win. Well, they won the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> so it took me a second. Yeah. <laughs> it took me a second. But yeah, and then after that, I still had the money in my pouch. And I was like, do you want to do the exchange? And he's like, let's go have lunch and we'll do it there. Oh, I'm doubting this guy's intentions now. Oh, <laughs> uh, this is this is no, breaking this bad for me. This guy's a, creeping me no, out. It doesn't end in a motel. Okay, a love motel. No, no, there's this guy at all now. <laughs> no, so it was like seventy thousand people there. So I I can understand like you just want to bring get, out your money, <laughs> like yeah. to think we're like doing a drug deal or something. So I just wanted to get away, and we went to Copacabana, had lunch, and uh, you know whatever talked about the next game which was colombia versus brazil and um and i had my night flight to salvador that night so i was like okay i had such a great time thank you so much you don't know blah 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 i was like here's the money and i put it on the table and he was like it's okay and i was like yeah i know i know i was oh. like no 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 i can't handle like all this goodness and kindness from people i literally couldn't handle it that point and i was like no please like no he's like spend this money in salvador he's like use it in salvador and i was like and then you just start crying again like (laughs) he's like okay weirdo take take your take your money and leave like he wouldn't take my money he wouldn't take it nicest guy ever and so then um it was at 4 or 5 p.m i got my luggage from my hotel and i went straight to the airport the game was already happening colombia versus brazil which by the way brazil or any country that when their country is playing especially in the world cup it shuts down shuts down so the taxi driver is not happy about taking me to the airport not at all and um but i was like i gotta catch the flight you know flight Mm -hmm. to catch or whatever and he was listening to the radio on the radio we almost crashed like 10 times and uh (laughs) he dropped me off like threw me off right get out <laughs> get out i need to find a tv <laughs> and then i remember i checked in and everything and then they were still playing at the gate and then thank goodness brazil won because yeah. i was there but it was a bad mood yeah and then i had a night flight to salvador and i flew by myself and i went to the game and had the best time made amazing friends like were it, you there when they gave up seven goals to germany i was in porto oh, i was in porto alegre bummed i was in a bar with about a hundred brazilians and wearing it must Brazil have been like shell shocked. Yeah. I was just watching it. I watched with Brazilians in Santa Monica. Yeah. And by halftime, I was like, you know what? And my friend calls me from the uh, German bar. Yeah. On Lincoln. Yeah. And she's like, oh, it's packed over here. Come over to Worst Cooch. We're going to have a. <laughs> yeah, it's packed. They can set up TVs. And I'm like, yeah, it's a little somber over here in the Brazilian place. Yeah. They were just sitting there stunned going, oh my God, what? You gave up like four goals in two minutes or something crazy. Yeah, no, after the fifth goal, I looked at my friend Mari, (laughs) and I was like, Mari, can we please leave because I don't want to die. I don't want to be like in this, if this is the way it's going to be. some angry folks in here. And we walked to her place. Um, She lived a five-minute walk. Literally, it was 7-1. I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And we had dinner plans with her family to go out to Churis Korea, by the way. It was the most amazing Mm -hmm. meat. Oh, my God, my stomach's growling. Um, and it was ghost town. There oh, was yeah. like not one person out that night. It was just, the mood was just horrible. Oh, yeah. and, like, the restaurant was only us and the waiters and like, you know, it was so sad. Well, they have, everybody was expecting to win the whole thing because it's in Brazil for the first time ever. It's like, I, how can we lose? I know. And they're just such, you know, such love lovers of football like so i remember and i was there i wasn't there for the final i left that day tickets were like yeah you don't even want to like five ten thousand dollars so i had to fly out that day but i was there the night before great story 
this is why I tell people solo traveling is great because people are like, oh, like, I don't know. I'm scared and I don't know. It's actually, as you can see, the best experiences have happened to me. I was charging my cell phone because to this day, my phone is always out of battery. You know, we're going to get you uh, some travel batteries. <laughs> I think that's the key to this story. The moral of this story. <laughs> the moral travel with extra batteries. The moral of this story is I need, Power packs. I need, a, ba- yeah, yeah. I need a portable battery. Um, there, I was. I bought some souvenirs at Copacabana and I was walking. I had like 2% battery and I was like, oh gosh, like I need batteries. So I was walking to restaurants. I was like, can I charge my phone? No, no, because they didn't have right. any. And then so I saw Marriott. Oh, good old Marriott. Oh, yeah. they'll have an outlet there for me. Mm-hmm. And so I went there and Netherlands just played Argentina and Argentina won. So they were playing a rematch or whatever. And I went to the bar, naturally. Sure. Um, <laughs> As one is one to do. I was like, sure, there'll be a, you know, an outlet there. I can drink wine while I'm charging. It won't be harmless, you know? So I went there and I charged, I gave my charger and phone to the bartender. And I was like, can I have a glass of wine? There was a girl from France sitting next to me with some French media. And we're sitting there talking. She spoke Spanish, so we're speaking Spanish. And we're watching the rematch of the game, like nothing, you know? Five minutes later, um, Lala's, what's his name? Alexis Lala. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just comes and like sits next to me. And I'm like, oh, because I mean, I worked at Fox Sports for years. So I knew oh, exactly who so he was. So it was all was. like all the media were staying at this hotel. I guess. And it was a small little bar shaped in U. Uh-huh. Like it had like six or seven seats or something like that. And so I, it was the French girl and me. And there was like empty chairs next to me. And so he comes and he sits down. And he's like, oh, bartender, the usual. And like, and I'm like, fix the French girl. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but we're like totally playing cool and she knows who he is I know who he is and then um, we're watching the rematch and then he's like oh where are you girls from I'm like oh I'm from California oh I'm from France oh I'm from like you know South Bay or yeah. somewhere and we're like oh cool like we like we pretend like we don't know who he is but we know exactly who he is and then Michael Balak comes oh, yeah. okay. and sits next to him and then by that point I'm just like oh my I cannot handle this, you know? And he's like, yeah, bartender of the usual. Like, I get, they, I assume they were staying there, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then um, Taylor Twelman Twelman comes and sits next to him. And then, like, another. So the whole ESPN game. The whole ESPN world crew is just chilling. We're just chilling, watching a rematch of a game in Rio, you know? And I'm just like drinking wine, like, oh my God, I cannot believe it. (laughs) See, but this is where you just kind of move in and go, hey, you know, I'm looking for a job, maybe a reporter. <laughs> Here's a reporter that kind of looks like you. Is it Fox Sports or ESPN FC? You know, I get a lot of doppelgangers. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's a girl on there who d- does yeah, ESPN FC. Really? Yeah. You know, it's funny I how I ended up. Puerto Rican or Cuban? <laughs> or Mexican or Colombian? She's definitely a Mexican. <laughs> No, I don't know. I, I can't remember her name now. You're so funny. But go online, you'll, you'll find her. Yeah, no, it's funny how I ended up in sports because I love it. But at the end of the day, travel is my thing. But we were just hanging out with them, talking, watching the rematch, just pretend, like just being super chill. And then it wasn't until people started recognizing them and coming up to them for photos and stuff. Well, actually, Taylor took my phone and started doing selfies. Yeah, yeah. And, like, we're, like, we took one with Michael and Alexis. We're, like, totally chill, you know? Like, just if we all knew each other. Um, and it wasn't until people from the outside started seeing them, like, taking pictures. And yeah. then, like, a whole gang of people were coming. Oh, so they, they were, like, we got to go. Yeah. yeah, they were, like, we got to go. And it, was, and it was just, like, that was my last night in Rio. Oh, that's It was fun. amazing. It was amazing. Wow. So, See, not to rub stories. it in your face. Yeah, I know. Great. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> what coulda, shoulda, I know, I shoulda. But anyway, okay, so we got to wrap this up. <laughs> okay. Um, finally. Yes. What do you think all this travel has, uh, how has it changed you as a person? And what do you want out of it? I mean, what are you really looking for? Well, travel is my life, as you can see. Um, I wake up, I'm like, ooh, travel. I go to bed, and I think of travel. Um, travel has changed my life. It's changed my purpose in life, my direction in life. And no matter where I go, what I do, travel is always behind the scenes. Um, my dream is just to inspire, educate, inform people to travel. It doesn't have to be far. It can be from here to you know the next city or the next state or the next country. It's made me much more open-minded person, much more tolerant, um, much more sympathetic, and just breaking the stereotypes because there's too many stereotypes. And I think a lot of that is from just hearing what you hear on TV or the media. But when you go to these places, and you meet the locals and you see you're like wow this is nothing like etc told me you know Mm -hmm. i think it just makes you more well-rounded person and i know i just want to keep inspiring people (laughs) to travel you know because it's my life that's awesome well tell people uh the website again and where they can find you so you can find me on my website www.jeanettereports. J E J E A. Everyone spells it wrong. Wrong, you see? Well, no, wait a minute. Did I get that wrong? J E A N? J E A. Wait, now you're confusing me. J E A N, right? Now I'm going to get this right. I laughed too much. Okay. J E A N. N E T T E. Yes. Okay, I put one in. That's what you do wrong. Two N's. Two N's, two T's. Two N's, two T's, reports.com. So www.jeanettereports.com. You can find me on Twitter as C. Jeanette Go or Instagram, Jeanette Reports. (laughs) C. Jeanette Go on Twitter? Okay. That, you know, I had another Twitter name, but then I forgot the password and I just started. (laughs) You know that deal. (laughs) I know. Believe me, I've been there. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. It was great to meet you. It was so fun. It was my pleasure. Happy travels, everyone. Seha. Seha. Eyebrow. Pero si te hace llorar, a mí me puedes hablar. Y estaré contigo cuando triste estás. 